If you're like me, you care about getting the most from your workouts, which means wearing the finest performance gear. You know, fabric that dries quickly and has superior moisture wicking properties. Fabric so soft and comfortable, you could, well, curl up and sleep in it. Introducing Sheeks, spelled S-H-E-E-X, the world's first performance bedding line. Sheeks began when two former elite athletes and coaches had an aha moment, combining everything we love about quality performance fabric with everything we love about comfortable, irresistible bedding. Unlike traditional sheets that trap heat, sheiks are breathable, so you aren't constantly waking up to throw off covers or out of blanket. So you sleep deeper, longer, and better. And sheiks bedding looks as good as it feels. Colors and styles that can match any decor at a price that will pleasantly surprise you. And right now, you can try sheiks for 30 nights risk-free. Just go to sleepcoolnow.com. Use promo code 1212 and get $40 off any sheet set. That's sleepcoolnow.com promo code 1212. Sleepcoolnow.com, 1212. This is our number two of the World According to Zig podcast for this July 23rd. 2017. My name is John Ziegler. I'm the host of this show, which is still one of the very few places where you can get the truth about news, politics, media, sports, and culture from a true conservative perspective in this world turned upside down. In hour number two, we uh, traditionally uh, try to get a a guest of interest to speak to, and we've had a lot of really good guests uh, during the um, just, I guess, barely over six-month history of the uh, World According to Zig podcast. But this week's guest is particularly special. In fact, it's so special that we're taping this on a Saturday to accommodate his religious practices, and we're happy to do so. He's somebody that we've mentioned numerous times, both on the podcast as well as the old nationally syndicated radio show. And my uh, thought on him has really evolved over time as I've gotten to know him. And he said some uh, rather nice things about me, including this one. Uh, John Ziegler. I, I think he's fantastic. What a, what a interesting mind he has. Now, so he can't be all that bad. Uh, you know, <laughs> Taking the, the Trump view of humanity, if they say something nice about you, they must be a good person. <laughs> or they can't be all bad. Uh, that is, in fact, our guest. And uh, we are very excited uh, to be joined by him today. He is probably the most uh, famous and interesting guest we've ever had on the podcast. He's talk show host Glenn Beck. Glenn, welcome to the show. Wow, that, that's not saying a lot for the guests that you usually have on the show, then, is it, John? <laughs> Actually, that's not true. <laughs> we've done, for a very little podcast, we've done exceedingly well with guests, but I'm standing, I'm standing by that assessment. Uh, and one of the reasons... <laughs> One of the reasons, Glenn, I, want, I was really eager to have you on the show is that of all the conservative media stars, you are the only one I consider to still be a bit of a mystery. I, I think I have them all pretty much figured out, especially after they've all responded to Donald Trump exactly as I expected, except for you. It seems I was wrong about you. And be- yeah, you didn't, like, you didn't like me, did you? For a while you thought, uh, I don't know what you thought about me, but... I think you've told me or somebody told me that you really kind of thought very little of me. Well, let me tell you what I thought, because this is how I want right. to start. I think this is important to, for understanding where we are in this business in this day and age. Here was the deal. For years, I assumed that you were mostly an actor, 
And I presume this because I know, having been in the business, that most people in this business are frauds. And that because you're, yep. such, a, you're such a good performer, and because I had worked in Louisville, Kentucky, where you once worked in a totally different incarnation of your whole life, Oh, yeah. uh, and and also because I felt like you were a different person when you were on CNN than when you were on Fox News Channel, and then you left to make a ton of money on your own at the Blaze. All this made me suspicious about what mm-hmm. you were, what you were really all about. So I guess right. my question is, where was my miscalculation? Was I right to be cynical, and why was I wrong about you? No, I think it's right to be cynical. I mean, I don't ask for anybody's trust um, because you know people will always disappoint you. Um, get what you can from them, learn what you can, but, you know, don't, don't, don't really depend on people, depend on God, depend on yourself. Um, uh, and almost everybody, and John, you know, you and I are very much the same. We've been around for a long time, and there's just nobody that really means it in this business. It's why I'm also attracted to you in a, you know, very manly sort of way, not that there's anything <laughs> wrong with that. Um, but uh, is the same thing with you. You are who you are, and that doesn't happen. People are not willing to uh, risk their job, their standing, being popular, whatever. What you missed in my life, probably, because I, I am, I mean, I say this with humility, I am still at the bottom of the entertainment food chain. I am still the guy who, who you know, scoops up after the elephants in the circus. That's how <laughs> low I am on the entertainment food chain. But I, but I am a performer. I know how to perform. And so that throws people off because they think, well, you, you can't be a performer and then believe those things because nobody actually believes those things. Um, what you missed in my life probably is my sobering up and my conversion to faith. Um, you know, when somebody really has success early in their life, and destroys themselves, I count that as a blessing because I now know what's me and what's not me, what, you know, what success means and what it doesn't mean. I, I was just as happy and times even more happier uh, when, you know, we were struggling and, you know, my wife and I could barely afford the bills and I was lucky to marry a woman who is not impressed with fame, is not impressed with money and really doesn't care about any of that. And so between my faith and my wife and my sobriety, I don't want to lose my soul a second time. Uh, and I was really surprised, John. I, this, this election really threw me because I really didn't think that I was that unusual. I thought I had found, you know, the majority of the population that felt the same way. And it's not necessarily true. <laughs> That's an understatement. Now, now, knowing what we know now, Glenn, do you agree that a huge percentage, and I'd be curious what percentage you would put on it, of on-air people in the so-called conservative, and I now refer to state-run media, are indeed frauds who are simply playing a role that they think will make them the most money and get them the most attention that day? I think there's a whole bunch of different categories. I think there are those who actually believe it but are scared to death to risk and lose their following. Uh, and that includes people who will, um, you know, who have justified in their own head, well, if I lose my tribe, then I have no chance of swaying anybody. Those kind of easy, convenient lies. 
Um, and then there are those who are, are really just true fraud um, uh, that, are, that, that really, I mean, would say anything um, to keep their empire. They may have started out as somebody who believed something, but, you know, I, the one thing, you know, Roger Ailes said to me right before I left Fox, when we first met, he said, you're the most talented per- television performer I've seen since, um, uh, oh, gosh, the guy who started um, uh, The Tonight Show. I'm trying to remember his name now. Jack Parr. Uh, Jack Parr. He said, you're the most talented per- television performer I've seen since Jack Parr. Absolutely not true, but I let him go with that. <laughs> um, and uh, so he, he and I talked about Jack Parr a lot because Jack was amazing. Uh, when I was leaving Fox, it was a it was a love hate relationship with both of us. Um, we both uh, strangely liked working together, and we both hated working together. Um, and he said to me when I told him that I was leaving, he said, "Nobody leaves this. Nobody leaves here. You're not leaving." And I said, "Yes, I am." He said, "What are you going to do?" And I said, "I'm going to run my own thing." And you know, he had no respect for the internet. And uh, he said, no, you're not. And I said, yeah. And he said, nobody leaves. I said, one did, Jack Parr. And <laughs> I really understand um, the trap of fame and fortune. And once you make one concession to say, you know what, I'm going to compromise on this because it'll mean higher ratings or I'll be able to reach more people or whatever, You've lost your soul. It's only a matter of time. And I think that the people who have been famous and in these positions for a long time cannot remember who they were before they had fame. Glenn, do you have a percentage of those famous conservative media stars who would you, you would put in the fraud category? I, I wouldn't separate it with conservatives and uh, okay. lib- liberal progressives. I would make it the same. I, I think it's uh, I think it's well over 90%. Wow. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I'd, I'd be interested to hear what you, you think. I mean, I have, I have only, I mean, how many are standing, John? Uh, how many are standing? Just you. <laughs> no, there, there are a few, you know, and each are doing it in their own way um, because there is something to say to hold on to something to be able to survive. So some people are doing it in their own way, but... Uh, Boy, I, what do you think the number is? Well, I think it obviously depends on your definitions, but um, based upon what I just told you, I mean, I, I, I think you're the only guy standing on the right. Uh, you know, in my experience, and, and you and I have talked about this in the past, one of the things I bring to the table that you can't is that because you're a star, I get to see how people really are. And because they'll crap on me in a second uh, and far sooner than they will you. And I've, I've never been impressed by any of the stars that I've interacted with on either right or left. And I've always felt like my BS detector was going off. So except for you, I mean, that that sounds like I'm kissing your ass, but I'm not, I'm just telling you the truth. And I've already acknowledged I didn't like you at first. So, 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 I mean, when you came out, I I didn't really know that until you came out and you spent the day because, you know, I, I liked you. I, I thought you were a plain-spoken guy. I not necessarily, I can't think of what we do disagree with, uh, but I, uh, on. But I'm sure there's lots of things that we disagree on. But I don't have a problem with that as long as somebody's actually speaking the truth as they understand it, and they're speaking right. it with with boldness. And yet, 
enough humility to uh, to admit when they were wrong. Exactly. Um, exactly. No. You, you, I mean, you came in, and I liked you, but I found out about halfway through you were still evaluating me. <laughs> well, no. To be honest, uh, I had, at that point I had already figured out, uh, you know, that, that you had to be the real deal. But I'm I'm somebody when I get new information, I am very open to changing my mind. Very open. Me too. And um, Me too. and I got more information about you, and and a lot of people got more information about you and everybody else because of the emergence of Donald Trump, which was the the greatest test for who is real and who is not within the media in general and the conservative media in particular. So I'll ask you this, Glenn, who or what surprised you most about how specifically the conservative media has dealt with Trump from the beginning of this odyssey until today? Um, I would say uh, in, an, in an unflattering way, I would say me. Really? Um, I have, I have, I've always prided myself on knowing the audience, knowing who they were. And, you know, like you said, um, you know, some people, uh, they'll, they'll crap all over you, but they won't crap over me because my life is kind of in a security bubble and a, you know, a nice, you know, life kind of bubble. I don't get to interact with people as much as I used to, and I hate that. And I've I've taken steps to re, to to correct that uh, over the last couple of months. Um, I really didn't hear the the pain. I mean, I know people are in pain, and I know they're afraid, and I know they're afraid of losing not only the country but the Western way of life. Mm-hmm. Um, but I and and I know that you know my deductible for my employees has gone and. You know, they've actually, for the first time, had to make a co-payment um, because I can't, I can no longer afford to do all of it for the employees, which kills me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I failed to connect uh, the dots to see how deep the suffering was and the fear. Uh, and I, I think I gr- grossly mishandled myself during the election. Um, because I think I was um, not empathetic enough to those people who didn't want to make this choice, but had no felt that they had absolutely no other option because it's not about principles to them. It's about I need an extra ten dollars a week to be mm-hmm. able to make it. That's an interesting answer and very introspective. But I'm curious if you take yourself out of the equation. Who or what surprised you most about the conservative media <laughs> with regard to their dealing with Trump? Wow, you're t- you're just doing your you're just you're just trying to pin me down, aren't you? I, I, look, to... Glenn, I gave you wide open there. I didn't I didn't ask you to who. I said who or what. So I'm giving you all sorts of options here. Okay, so um, the uh, I'm just going to go with what because I think people can make their own conclusions, and I'm I'm I just right. I'm tired of the fighting back and forth, but. People can make their own conclusions. I am most disappointed in those people who have, for a very long time, taught even me the principles of the conservative movement. Um, and there's a lot of them. And, uh, and they turned on that in a heartbeat. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, even when they had an opportunity... 
you know, when Donald Trump was the guy, you can make the case, I think it's a poor case, but you can make the case that, you know, hey, he's the only guy we got and Hillary's, you know, worse than that. Right. Um, but, you know, when you are backing him from the beginning, that speaks volumes to me. I mean, you are, you're not just not a conservative, you are a deeply progressive uh, uh, individual that doesn't mind uh, state-run projects. Uh, and then for those people to go the extra step of not just working hard for that person, but then to do everything they can to destroy, and it's still going on, to destroy David French, to destroy um, anybody who has, um, you know, real credible uh, bona fides behind commun- I mean, uh, 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 conservative thought, I-, I just, I'm stunned by it. I'm stunned by it. I am too, uh, although I think there are reasons behind it that are, are pretty complex and, and somewhat interesting. We don't have enough time to get into them, but I agree with your, your answer well, there. I'd love, I'd love to hear the complex reasons, because I think it's, <laughs> I think it's all about power, fame, and money. But well, no, that's that's a big part of it, and and that can lead to a lot of complex uh, elements to it. But but uh, since we are fairly short on time uh, here, there are other things I want to get to. But let's let's talk about your decision, which I think is was a very key decision for a lot of people. Uh, your decision not to get on the Trump bandwagon during the 2016 campaign. You obviously knew that there would be huge potential financial and PR repercussions for this decision. Glenn, take me through what went into that decision and have those... Nothing. Nothing went into that decision? Nothing. It was the easiest decision I made in my life. There was no decision at all. This is what makes me uh, a dangerous opponent, I think, is uh, and throws people off. You can't predict me. Unless, unless, you just understand that I am principle-driven. If you understand I'm principle-driven, you'll be able to predict my every single move. If you think I'm driven by anything else, you're going to lose. It's, I mean, I can walk into any negotiation and win because I never, I, never threat, I never threaten, I promise. You do this, I'll do that. Mm-hmm. You don't do that, I won't do this. Right. Uh, and, and so it's the easiest thing ever. So when... When it was happening, yes, there were the people in my company who came and said, I just want you to know what this will cost you. And it cost us a lot. Uh, this has been uh, the hardest year. and I've had some hard years in my life. This has been the hardest year of keeping doors open uh, that I've had. Uh, however, what, with what we lost, um, you know, those who stayed with us, my audience growth, I just got last week, my audience growth is uh, up, I think, 11% year over year. Good. Everybody else is going down. We're going up. Well, that's the best news I've heard in a a long time. Uh, Now, now those were those repercussions that you were warned about. uh, So you never you 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 accepted that, I'm 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 assuming. But you just said it doesn't matter. I have to do what is right. Is that a fair assessment? Yeah, I, I will tell you that the only time it was a struggle was when I would get home at night. And I'm, I mean, you know, I know this sounds really corny and everything, but this is who I am. I'm sorry. Um, but my wife and I would would pray every night. And 
when we would pray for the company and we would pray for the employee, I mean, there were times when, uh, you know, both of us just broke down because uh, it was, I knew that it was my stance and my principles that would end up punishing my employees, who some of them agreed with Trump, some of them didn't care, and, uh, and I was making a decision that would affect the lives of 250 families. And that was the only time that it was hard. And I'm glad you pointed that out because, and that's really part of why I wanted to get into this topic because you're the only guy that I, that I'm aware of who put any real skin into this situation uh, who didn't sell out. And it wasn't just about you and your family. It's about your company and a lot of your employees. And you deserve enormous credit for that, especially when you, you say that it wasn't even a decision, it wasn't even something that you had to, to really contemplate for, for any time at all. I'm curious, though, were, were the repercussions you were warned about, were they as bad or were they potentially even worse than what you were warned about? They were worse. They were worse. I, I really didn't see, um, and again, it goes to me not being in touch with the audience. Uh, and so my my presentation was all wrong. I stopped listening to the audience and I started lecturing the audience, which is the worst thing I could have done. Um, um, but, uh, you know, the, for the audience, a good portion that I have been with forever to take a guy who was, uh, you know, investing against the Tea Party movement and investing in Hillary Clinton and doing all the things that we said we were against, um, for them to turn on me, a guy who they some of them have listened to me for 20 years, and say, you're a traitor and you've changed, was so shocking to me. And I just never saw that coming, how... Um, when you are alone and you are battling an opponent that can um, twist everything and no one cares about the truth anymore, you're in a surreal world. And it was, um, and I take responsibility for the, for most of it, a lot of it, and and the and and the you know not the cause of it, but the. The, the deep ramifications of it, because I was so off track. Um, but uh, I, it was probably the hardest lesson I've, I've ever learned and, uh, and almost made me quit uh, about six or eight months ago. Almost, my wife said to me, shut it off. Just let's please. You know, I, I've, Sean Hannity said to me about four years ago, he said, you're one of the dumbest guys ever, man. He said, I don't know why you're doing it. You have all this money, and you're pouring it into something. Why would you do it? I have all my money, all of the things into the blade and into the radio show and all the things we're trying to do, and it's a struggle. And, um, uh, and to, uh, to sit there and uh, say, I don't have to do it anymore. I can walk away, and I could just start over. Uh, would be a real blessing. And Tanya said to me, just uh, stop. And she was more of an order. And I said, I, ca I can't. I can't. You know, I, gotta, I don't care if we lose it all. Um, but we got we to gotta keep trying. We got to keep trying to figure out a way. You just can't quit. 
Wow. Uh, fascinating. Okay. Uh, well, now, I believe, Glenn, that the fundamental problem here with the news media in general and the conservative media in particular or, or any niche media is that so many, there's so many options for customers now, and the business model for producers is basically broken in many ways. And so that saying things that are popular is now far more beneficial than saying things that are truthful. Do you agree with that? I agree 100%. I am, I am currently redesigning my entire company from the ground up, from the DNA up. I've spent now six months on it. After, our, after my wife and I seriously pondered just throwing the towel, um, I decided not to, and I decided to roll up my sleeves, and I am doing more homework, more thought, more you know, um, ex- exploration than I have done in probably 10 years. Uh, and tried to evaluate what the problem is, what America is really looking for, what's really happening. And um, you're exactly right. Everybody is incentivized to tell people what they want. It's mm-hmm. Facebook. It's, you know, we're doing it to ourselves without even knowing it. So how do you break that cycle? That's a, that's a tough nut to crack, and I think I've come up with a, a way that can start to crack that that we'll be introducing in uh, hopefully in September, um, but uh, it's a it's a hard nut it's a hard nut to crack. And I will tell you this, you know, I've talked to uh, some really brilliant uh, people, uh, some in depth, uh, some just to clarify some you know some studies that they have written, et cetera, et cetera, like Jonathan uh, Haidt at uh, NYU on what's happening and how the language has changed, et cetera. And, and I have a really interesting perspective on the heartland. And because I went through it, too, I know what I miss. And it's not hard to fix the mainstream media if you're a personality there. I will tell you that I have gone to some of the biggest names who I like and I am, uh, you know, kind of friends with at all networks. And I have offered to not go on the air, you'd never have to meet, just have a phone call, never have to meet with me or say that you met with me. I know the baggage that's there, but let me understand, uh, let me help you understand how you're being perceived and what you continue to do that is driving that wedge. And all of these people have emailed me multiple times and saying, I can't believe this, Glenn. I mean, nothing explains this. I'll explain it and then say, listen, please, if you have 20 minutes, let's just talk. I can help you get out of this so we can knit the country back together. Not one has responded. Not one. They'll continue to write me, but not some of them I've said this twice. And every time I do, I never get a response. It's like I never sent it. And I really think it's because they're so incentivized. Yep. They know they can't solve it. They know if they do, their ratings will go down or yep. they'll be in conflict with their boss or whatever. Yep. It's the death of courage, Glenn. Courage is, it is. Courage is dead. Um, uh, but it's, but it's, it's so crazy because if you, if you don't disrupt yourself in this day and age, you will be disrupted. Somebody out there, uh, and most likely a millennial, is working to disrupt and is going to destroy the entire news system as it is known. I hope to be the one to do that. 
but it's going to be disrupted. And if they don't disrupt themselves because they're afraid, they are going to lose, all of them. Fascinating stuff. All right. Um, now let's take this out of the theoretical into the practical. Uh, you, you recently fired one of your most popular hosts, Tommy Lahren, who transformed herself into a fire-breathing Trump supporter with sex appeal, and in my opinion, because she thought it would be good for her career. I know you're at least somewhat restricted in, in what you can talk about with regard to her. Uh, well, but- let me just say that. Let me just say this. Up until, what, two months ago, I had nothing to do with the blaze. I neither hired nor fired. I would give my opinion and advice, but I self-sequestered myself in a stupid idea of that way they can have their own credibility and their own problems, and I don't affect them, uh, and they don't affect me. So I would have fired her the day I met her in the hallway, uh, and that's no kidding. Um, and would have fired her from the beginning, wanted to fire her all along, advised them to fire her. They never did. I had given up. I was. I got a phone call on a Sunday night saying, this is what we're going to do on Monday morning, just so you're aware. And I said, whatever. Um, they did it. Um, but I can, I can tell you what I felt. Uh, I can't speak for the company and why they did it. But... Uh, it had nothing to do with being pro-choice. My right. first hire on The Blaze was Amy Holm, right. a, uh, a black woman who is conservative but also is uh, pro-choice, very pro-choice. No problem. Amy and I love each other. Uh, but the first hire, people are like, oh, a black person? I thought he was a racist. <laughs> somebody who is, somebody who is pro-choice, uh, I thought he was just a a crazy conservative demagogue. No, I'm a libertarian. So it's not that. It's what I have a problem with is somebody who will change their point of view or that uh, will, will say absolutely crazy red meat things and not have any intellectual firepower to back it up. I mean, right. you know, well, it's... it's, it's have the intellectual integrity to be able to back things up. Well, that's way more than I expected to get from you on that. And I, I appreciate it, but let, I did have a question, which I, I still want to ask, which is what kind of an impact on the business in general, do you think the rise of people like Tommy Lahren has had? Uh, I think in the long run, horrible. Um, I think if you're looking for short term gains, go for it. Um, that's not my philosophy at all and is now not the Blazes philosophy at all. I'll go out of business, uh, before we'll do, uh, you know, just throw bloody red meat and say things that people want to hear, um, and, and headline grab. I, 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 I just, I'm doing everything I can to turn this aircraft carrier around in the other direction. Uh, and, and it is the, you might have a short-term gain right now. This is your season. Enjoy it. But from a guy who, from a guy who was hated by half the country five years ago, I will tell you, uh, it is foolish, foolish to throw red meat, even if you don't think you are. Uh, you know, for instance, Samantha B. I, I know Sam. I like right. Sam. I watch Sam. I haven't talked to her in a while, but I watch Sam, and I think she is going to regret this at some point. 
when the full impact when 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 the full impact of what is happening in our society um, when that chicken comes home to roost she's going to regret it because she's a good person she's smart she's a decent person and my guess is she thinks she's helping her tribe mm-hmm. blow off steam right and it's not that's not going to be the fruit of that tree Glenn, we only have a couple minutes left. You've been very generous with your time. I want to ask you a couple questions about uh, Trump, obviously. In my view, the Trump presidency has so far been even worse than I anticipated, though Trump fans would scoff at that idea. How would you grade Trump after six months in comparison to what you had anticipated or feared? Let me say this, that I think we have an extraordinary opportunity right now to um, get Mitch McConnell and Paul Ryan out of leadership. They have been a disaster. Um, they can't get anything passed because what they're, what they're trying to pass has nothing to do with conservative values of the conservative movement or actually even helping people. That health care bill would have driven the average person's cost again through the roof. We need some actual solutions that are free market-based. We need a tax uh, uh, cut. They are perfectly positioned to do it right now because Donald Trump uh, continues to play right into the media's hands. The media is frothing at the mouth to take him out. If, if the House and the Senate would pass real tax reform, and it could be stunning tax reform right now, the president would sign it and you get it through because everybody's watching the other hand. It is a huge opportunity that I didn't think we would have with Donald Trump. We have it right now. Well, I, I doubt we'll take advantage of it because there's no sign in the first six months that we're willing or able to do what it takes. But you, I think, implied uh, my next subject, which is I got to ask you about Trump Russia and the story in general. The conservative media is pretending this is, as Trump has said, fake news and a witch hunt. Here's what I want to ask you the question, Glenn. If we knew one-tenth of what we currently know about Trump Russia and the subject was Obama or Hillary, how differently— We'd be out of our our minds. Everybody is musical chairs. Everybody on the left would be saying what the right is saying, and everybody on the right would be saying what the left is saying. And it would be no different— it would be going exactly the same way. It's why I've told my audience, you know what, I'll keep you up to speed on what is happening with this Trump-Russia thing, but until somebody takes a step to, uh, to and here's what we're going to do about it, somebody's going to be tried, somebody's going to be impeached, whatever, it's worthless to argue about it because we're arguing sides that if it were reversed, it would be a Exactly the same argument, just 180 degrees different. Uh, but let me, um, but Glenn, let me let me give you a, a, a hypothetical that's not so hypothetical about you know talking about this actually happening. The the president just this morning once again strongly implying that he's uh, considering pardons. If he fires Mueller, a special counsel, and he starts with the pardons, is that not a line from which principled people have, cannot I, accept? I cannot predict the American people anymore, but I will tell you that we are on both parties so far over the line of a 
constitutional republic that it is terrifying to me should we go into a world war or, a, God forbid, a financial freefall. Mm. Um, we will see fascism from either side. Uh, they will take us there in a heartbeat. We must restore constitutional rule. Um, and, uh, you know, I can't imagine, but I couldn't imagine that we would have gotten this far. I mean, you know, I just, I can't imagine it. But uh, who knows? I will just tell you that we are in real trouble if we don't reset. Real trouble. I agree with that. Last question for you, Glenn. It's a personal question uh, about the nature of your career. You've seen some incredible highs, and you've just said the last year has been you know, the, the worst, I guess. Uh, I don't know if in your, in your career, but certainly in recent memory, uh, as far as struggles are concerned. Having made the principled stand and having suffered for it, are you happier now than when you oh were perceived gosh. at the top of your game? Oh, my gosh. I am, I am thrilled. I am thrilled. The only thing that I worry about, uh, honestly, is uh, the, the uh, subscriptions, the advertising, et cetera, et cetera, to be able to continue to pay my hardworking, well-deserving employees. Um, that's the only thing I have. I sleep really well at night. Um, I, am, I, I am more on fire right now than I was when I was at, you know, the so-called top of my game with the, my face mm. on Time magazine. Right. I am, uh, my, my staff has completely changed. The entire staff has, you know, you come to the Blaze, you know, next week compared to when you were here, what, three months ago? Right. You will feel it the minute you walk in. We are so energized right now wow. because... We know what we're doing. We know who we are. We know exactly where we're going. And I really, truly believe if, if the American people and, you know, God will uh, give us just a, uh, a, another a bite at the apple here and give us a, a, just a little favorable wind our way, uh, we could dramatically change the media. Well, if I get an invitation, I'm happy to make another trip to Dallas, Glenn. So uh, I will tell you. I will tell you, I, I am, and I, I hope you know this, um, I, I am a huge fan of yours, um, and I would love to see you uh, part, of the, uh, part of the Blaze family. I really would. I think you're just tremendous. Um, you know, the thing that you have uh, is the same thing that I have. Um, you just piss everybody off. <laughs> and I'm not sure I'm not sure two people are better than one person doing that. Well, but I can associate with you in another way. I also sleep very well at night. Uh, so, I know. It, it, I know. So, uh, Glenn. That's what counts, man. That's really what counts. And I think that's what people are hungry for. We just have to find the right way to present it. And that's what I'm working on right now. Right now, you know, people are getting fed what they want, and they don't they, – it's actually not what they want. It's just what makes them feel good temporarily because they haven't had what they actually want for a very long time. Glenn, uh, I, I'm really glad we've gotten to know each other, and uh, this is may, maybe one of my favorite interviews I've ever done in my life. So thanks so much for wow. your time, and let's, let's keep wow. in touch. Uh, insist on it. Thank you so much, John. All right, take care, Glenn. Have a good day. Bye-bye.
Well, folks, that's about as good an interview as you're ever going to hear with a a major celebrity. I I hope you enjoyed it uh, anywhere near as much as I did. Uh, Please make sure you share this via social media, Facebook or Twitter, what have you. If you tweet it, I'll retweet it. Uh, Same thing on Facebook. Um, And uh, I hope you enjoyed the the truth because that's that's you're you're not going to get that. That is what makes that interview unusual is it's highly rare for a celebrity of that level of Glenn Beck to have submit himself to an interview from someone who's not afraid to ask the tough questions, but who also has a mutual respect. So that is a truly unique interview you just heard. So make sure you share it. And the only other thing I ever ask you is really for your own good. If you're one of those people who sleeps, maybe sleeps as well as Glenn and I do, (laughs) but you'd like to sleep even better and you sleep when you sleep, you use sheets, make sure you stay tuned to this important message. My name is John Ziegler. Also, by the way, Third thing, I forgot. We're doing a special hour number three on the O.J. Simpson parole hearing, which you got to listen to. So three hours this week uh, just uh, as a bonus hour. So once again, my name is John Ziegler. Our website is freespeechbroadcasting.com. Coffee? Oh, thanks. How did you sleep? Like a baby. I don't want to get out of bed, ever. These sheets are mm, incredibly soft. What did you say they're called again? Performance bedding by Sheiks. <laughs> performance bedding? <laughs> yeah. They're made from super high-tech performance fabric. They're incredibly breathable, so you're not waking up at night throwing covers off and then an hour later throwing them back on. Huh. No wonder I slept so good. Since I started using Sheiks, I sleep like a baby. No more sweaty nights for me. No? Well. <laughs> well, I like them because they're soft. They feel like, mm, silk. Performance fabric, huh? Maybe we should... Oh, I don't know. Try them out again. <laughs> <laughs> Comfort and performance for better sleep. That's Sheiks. S-H-E-E-X. Sheiks. Try Sheiks for 30 nights risk-free. Go to sleepcoolnow.com. Use promo code 1212 and get $40 off any sheet set. That's sleepcoolnow.com, promo code 1212. Sleepcoolnow.com, 1212.